The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Yesterday we talked about the topic of fear, and I got to thinking about that uh, last night. We identified fear and the fear that Timothy had, his trepidation. You'll remember from from last time, we talked about the fact that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, natural fear, you're afraid to cross a a four-lane highway. Okay, that's that's normal. That's normal. But the spirit of fear is something that will hold you back. It does not come from God. And we suggested last time that the spirit of fear that is a crippling fear, that is a restraining fear and a limiting fear, that that spirit comes from Satan, that that is something that he can't take you to hell. If you're saved, he can't take you to hell. If you're saved and a good Christian, he cannot destroy your life in sin because you're too smart for that. You're not going to fall prey to that. But what he can do is limit your effectiveness by fear by intimidation, by insecurity, by a willingness to always say no to opportunities because you're nervous about accepting an opportunity or because you are unsure of yourself in some way. And so the Bible says, God hath not, we're looking at verse number seven, I'll reference this, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. We talked about that and what that entailed for Timothy. Timothy as a young man was was timid and he was a little bit reticent to take the leadership role. So we talked about all that, but the second part of the verse says this, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but here's what God does, of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, well, Pastor Monty, that's good news. If I'm saved, I have the spirit of power and love and a sound mind, and therefore, I should never be insecure. Well, well, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. That's problematic, isn't it? Because if we're honest enough, all of us have insecurities. Some of us more than others, but all of us have insecurities. If we're, if we're honest in our Christian life, we recognize that from time to time we're fearful or we're hesitant or we're reticent to do something or uh, maybe we're overly dependent on our parents guiding us or a teacher guiding us or something. We can't make decisions on our own because we're fearful to do that. Well, pastor, does that mean that I'm not saved? No, doesn't mean that at all. But have you ever thought about this? Paul wrote this to Timothy who was a very, very fearful man. He was, he was timid. At the very least, he was timid. Paul wrote these words to Timothy, reminding him, and this is very key to what I have to say this morning, reminding him that God has given us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Think about this. If the moment you got saved, all of your insecurity vanished, this wouldn't be in the Bible. If the moment Timothy said, yes, I'm receiving Jesus as my savior, and he went from a timid and reticent young man to a powerhouse, he went from a, a beta, do you guys know what this is? A beta, a beta man, a beta, a beta male. You say, what's a beta male? He's just kind of pusillanimous. Do you know what that is? You don't know that word? Oh, it's the most wonderful word. It's the most wonderful word because you can look out at people and you can just say you're being pusillanimous. 
Pusillanimous is a word that comes from Latin, and it means very little in spirit. Tiny little spirit. Now watch what I'm saying. In other words, you're confined. Your, 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 your spirit's not big. Your spirit's not bold. It's, it's all locked up. It, it, it's there. It's very, very tiny. I think it's fair to see that Timothy tended toward having a pusillanimous. Would you say that word with me? Pusillanimous. By the way, if you'll, that was pusillanimous. <laughs> that whole response, horrible. And by the way, if you'll learn this word with me today, you don't have to go to class the rest of the day. And so we're, okay, that is not true. Some of you thought I just gave you a get out of jail free card. That is not true. Learn the word, say it with me, pusillanimous. pusillanimous. Boom, that was better. That was slightly pusillanimous. Could, could we ramp it up a little bit? Let's do it real loud. On, on the count of three, and I will say it with you this time, on the count of three, one, two, three. Pusillanimous. That's Pensacola Christian College right there. But we should have done that the first time. So, well, Pastor Monty, if I say something like that out loud, people around me might think I'm crazy. Oh, because you're a slave to what other people think. Oh, because you're intimidated by what other people think. Now, back to what I was saying. Paul wrote this because the truth, listen carefully, is that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But that doesn't just come upon you the moment you get saved. Okay, Pastor Monty, I know what I'll do. Um, Paul says we've got this, and we must have it because the Bible says we've got it. And so all I need to do is pray real hard that God will change me. L look at me, please. Prayer is good, but prayer is not the key. Why would Paul write this to inform Timothy that the spirit of fear does not come from God, but he has access to something else. Why? Because Paul, and this is the really key to what I have to say this morning, Paul wanted Timothy to actually believe this. Let me explain something to you. Everything about the Christian life is a walk of faith. Everything hinges upon what I believe. I'm not going to turn there, but Romans chapter 5, Pastor Monty, I, need, I just need the grace of God in my life, so I'm praying for more grace. Okay, why don't you do what the Bible says in Romans 5? Faith, belief, trust, that access is grace. Where, do, where does that come from? Well, Pastor Monty, just, it comes from my heart. Well, in part, I suppose, that's very general. Do you know where my faith comes from? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and when I fill my mind with the Word of God, and when I think on what God says about something, my faith is increased. See, the problem is, we want God to change us without doing what He says. And what Paul is saying to Timothy is, Timothy, you're deceived if you're under the spirit of fear. And he said, God's given you the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I'll get to what those are in a minute. God's given you that, that spirit, that blessing. Now, Timothy, it's time to step away from the darkness of fear and by faith step into the light of belief. In other words, recognize who you are. By the way, this is not rare in the teachings of the Apostle Paul. 
uh, Bible says, Romans chapter six, for example, reckon ye yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. What does reckon mean? I need to think about that. I am different, I am saved, and what I think about and what I believe, listen carefully, is what I become. So if you spend your life dwelling on fear, Pastor, what if, what if, what if, the what ifs of life. If you spend your life dwelling on an insecurity or taking comfort in the fact that you step aside from an opportunity because it makes you nervous or anxious or you get that, that sense of butterflies in your stomach and you don't like that. If you spend your whole life doing that, it is because you believe certain things. If, however, the Bible is really a light in your life and the Bible says you are someone and then you believe it and accept it by faith, you become that person. This is not psychology, this is the Bible. So for example, for example, I am a conqueror and an overcomer. Pastor Monty, that's because you're not a beta. Okay, betas are pusillanimous. Ah, Pastor Monty, you're an alpha. I really don't know. I guess I am everywhere except on my Harley. I'm an alpha, okay? That personality thing doesn't matter. It's what I believe about myself. Listen carefully now. This is not the power of positive thinking. What I believe about myself based upon what the Bible says. The Bible says I am a conqueror and an overcomer. The Bible says I have victory in Christ. The Bible says I am a winner. By the way, it's the devil that says you're a loser. It's the devil that accuses. It's the devil that says, oh no, no, you can't do that. Whatever happened to the verse, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So it's, it's time for us as believers to start believing what God says and not what the devil whispers in your ear about who you are. If you listen to him, your life will be incredibly limited. You will be locked into the area of fear and you will struggle your whole life to accomplish anything for God. But if all of a sudden you bathe your mind in what the Bible says, and you accept that as fact, and you say, this is what God has called me to be, this is what the Bible says I am, you can stand up without the fear in your heart. Let me give you an illustration of this. I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor. Dr. Atkins, can I tell you something? I'm good at being a pastor. What? <laughs> pastor Monty, that sounds prideful. Or for those of you who are very intellectual, that sounds like hubris. That sounds prideful. No, no, Dr. Atkins, I'm good at being a pastor. Now, it's the only thing I'm good at, okay? One trick pony preaching, that's it, okay? It's the only thing. But I'm good at it. Listen, not because I tell myself I am, hear me, but because the Bible says I am. Where does the Bible say that? The Apostle Paul said this, he, God, hath made us, pastors, teachers, whatever it is, he, God, hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Do you know what that means? In my pastoral work, God and I, we've got this. And do you know that that lifts out the spirit of fear? It takes away the spirit of, oh, I just don't know what to do. I'm not sure what I should do. I can't make a decision. And I get all confused. It takes that away 
because I can make a decision. And by the way, it's not me, him. Do you understand everything's based on this? So my Christian life is a walk of faith. It's not a walk, well, Pastor, I got saved and now God has to do everything. No, God demands that we have faith. So let me, let me cover a few things. The faith that we're talking about here is not generic, okay? I believe that faith is the greatest antidote for fear, but it's not generic. It has some specifics to it. Well, what are the specifics given right in the passage, okay? Again, your focus is on verse number seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What is power? What is power? Commentators will agree that the power referred to here is the energizing force of the Holy Spirit. It is the Greek word dunamis that underlines this passage, and it is the Holy Spirit who lives in me. You see, the Bible says, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, okay? Now, I used to weigh over 300 pounds. I used to be a, I wasn't a temple as much as I was um, a cathedral. I've gone down to temple level now, still a pretty big temple, but I've, I've gone down a little bit. But I am the dwelling place of God. I want you to think about that for a moment. That means he lives inside of me. That means he walks beside me. Listen to me. That means he is in me. Listen to this. That means I am untouchable. Not because of me. I am the Teflon man. Not because of me. I am, get this in your head, because this is the same thing about you. I am indestructible. You are indestructible. Pastor Monty, what if someone guns you down? I'm indestructible because the corruption will put on incorruption. You can't stop me. Wouldn't that give you confidence? Pastor, I'm so scared about this. That I'm so scared if I ask her out, she's not going to say yes. Dude, you're indestructible. I mean, you are a mountain of indestructibility. She'll break my heart. Get over it. Okay. When I look around here, guys, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Just open your eyes, okay? Well, she's the only one for me. Eh, probably not. <laughs> you pray about that for a minute. God is in me. You know what Psalm 27, 1 says? It says this. The Lord, the, the psalmist wrote this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Do you see that? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now hear me, young people. Do you believe that? Do you? <laughs> Time to go, we're dismissed. No, just kidding. Do you believe that? Yes. Come on. Pusillanimous. You're calling, you're supposed to understand that I'm leading you into a trick question, that this is a psychological gimmick. You're supposed to understand that. Do you believe that? Yes. Thank you. Yes. I believe that. The Lord gives me strength. Of whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Hey, try this one out. You might jot these down. Try this one out. Isaiah 41, 10. A very clear command. 
Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Now, remember we said that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of power, lives inside us. And that's the blessing of being a New Testament Christian. He dwells inside us. Our body is the temple. With that in mind, think about Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Don't be all confused. Don't be flighty. Don't be goofy. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Do you understand that? Well, Pastor Money, I've, I've never thought that way about myself. That's why Paul reminded Timothy that is who he is. The devil is having a heyday in our culture. I mean culture-wide. And it's mainly an American and European phenomenon. But the devil is having a heyday in confusing people as to who they are. You all know what I'm talking about. My identity, what is my identity? And someone said, Pastor Monty, this is the most advanced generation the world has ever known. And, and they can't figure out which bathroom to use. I, I'm not sure if I understand that. That's the devil. Now you mark down what I'm saying. The devil's having a heyday causing you to, not you, but the generation, to doubt some of the most basic, simple, crystal clear facts of life, including identity and gender. Can I tell you something? That's confusion. Oh, and by the way, the Bible also says God is not the author of confusion. So who is? The devil is. Okay, so, well, Pastor Monty, people struggle. I understand they do, but where does that struggle come from? Okay, where does it come from? It comes from Satan, it's satanic. Now, follow, follow what I'm saying. Well, Pastor Monty, what if I don't identify with the gender I was born with? Or what if I identify and then there's an alphabet soup of options to identify with? C can I tell you something? If you're born again, can I give you the identity that God labels you with in the Bible? You only need one identity. Two words, over and over again, in Christ. In Christ. My identity is in Christ. So everything the Bible says about a Christian, it applies to me because that is what I identify with. And when you identify with something, you're going to act like it, you're going to believe it, you're going to say, this is who I really am. And the devil is out there trying to point a finger at you and confuse you and say, no, no, this is who you really are. This is who you really might be. This is who you could be. That's all the devil. My Bible tells me who I am, and I am in Christ. And if that is true, and I believe it is, of course, if that is true, then I need to believe it, listen carefully, and act upon it every day. Pastor Monty, what if I don't feel like a Christian today? Hmm. Dr. Atkins, how many years did you pastor a church? How many? Over 40 years. I'm a little bit behind you, 35. Okay, Let, can we talk pastor talk right now? Y'all don't listen to this. Do not listen. Pastor Dr. Atkins, did you always feel like it, like pastoring? Like, did you always feel like it? No, no, I didn't feel like it. Sometimes I don't feel like it. You mean, Pastor Monty, you get up Sunday morning and you're, just, you're not chomping at the bit? Not always. That's why the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, preach the word in season, yeah, 
can't wait to get in that pulpit. I'm going to rip someone's face off this morning. <laughs> preach the word in season. And then he said to Timothy, timid Timothy, he said, preach the word out of season. Do you know every person in this room, you're a Christian, but you have an out of season? Sometimes you just don't feel like it. Emotions fool us. Do you know what doesn't? The word of God. I believe the Holy Spirit lives inside me, so I have power. Uh, another thing that I have is I not only faith in the spirit of power, the Holy Spirit, but I have faith in the love of God. Look at this again in verse 7. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Timothy is Paul is reminding Timothy of these things because it is up to Timothy to believe that. Do you all ever need reminders? I do. The greatest advance in tech technology in my lifetime, Pastor Monty, it's got to be your iPhone 14. Now, now, that's just a boat anchor. The biggest advance in technology for me in my lifetime and by far the most useful, the sticky note. <laughs> I love sticky notes. Thank you. See, whoever did that, you're not pusillanimous. God bless you. Smiley, we're not supposed to shout in chapel like that. Well, it's okay if I'm here. Okay. I love them because they come in many colors. Why? Because yellow sticky notes mean something about the church, and green ones mean something about home. And blue ones mean something bad. And you can make it any way you want. Have you ever thought about that, the versatility of this? And then you can put them anywhere you want them. And they remind you of things. Pastor, why would you need that? Because I need reminders. Okay, this verse is a sticky note in your Bible to remind you of who you are. And you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and the love of God. Now take your Bible with me. Turn to 1 John, please. 1 John. I've got to have you see this. First John, chapter 4. Everyone look at this, please. Because again, the Bible's reminding us of something. First John 4, verse 15. The Bible says this, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Okay, you're saved. You're born again. You believe on Jesus. And... We know and believe that the love that God hath to us, uh, that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Well, what, Pastor Monty, what does all that mean? Okay, God loves me, I love God, God always loves me, I am his child, I am born again, I am dwelling in the sphere of the love of God. Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Oh, what is that talking about? You ever thought about the day you stand before the Lord? Some of you get a little nervous about that, you know. Now, Dr. Adkins, you have no reason to be nervous about that. When we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, I picture it like Walmart, I really do. There or some people like Dr. Adkins, they're standing in the 10 items or less line. They're just breezing right through. Then there's people like me with three grocery cards to deal with. Just kidding, that wasn't even theologically correct. <laughs> I can have boldness in the day of judgment, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Do you see this? Okay, read the next verse. Oh, oh, wow. 
God loves me, I love God. Look at the next verse. There is no fear in love. Did you see that? There is no fear in love. Okay, God's given us the spirit of love. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, mature love, casteth out fear. Why? Because fear hath torment. Now, please listen to me. God does not want his children to live in torment. God does not want you to live in anxiety and in insecurity and constant fear. But if you don't recognize that God loves you, he's on your side, he is always on your side. Pastor Monty, if God loved me, he wouldn't make me go through this, 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 and this. No, God allows things for his purpose, but he is right there. Let me ask you a question. Hmm, I don't know if I should ask this, given the current climate of the age, but I'll ask it. How many of you growing up ever received a gentle, well within the bounds of human decency and never crossing the line of abuse spanking? Look at that, look at that. By the way, if your hand's not in the air, you're a brat. And, uh, (laughs) okay, I did. I did. My dad had the fastest belt in the West, baby. You mean he used a belt? Oh, he sure did. And boy, that, when that belt came off, you knew something was coming. Well, your dad, your dad spanked you with a belt. That must have meant he hated you. No, quite to the contrary. It demonstrated he loved me because he was interested in my doing the right thing. He was interested in my understanding that my sin had consequences and that I had to pay for the, why? Because that way I will grow up and understand that I can't do whatever I want and think I'm going to get by. Dad, if I could use this this idea, dad bothered with a spanking because he loved me. That's exactly how God is. In fact, it is the love of God that chastens us, that spanks us sometimes to bring us back to him. God's love is, is perfected in, the, in, in our, pardon me, it's perfected in faith. Look at this. There's no fear in love, verse 18. Perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He doesn't want you tormented. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Wait a minute, Pastor Monty, I'm saved. I didn't say you weren't saved. It says you've not matured in the love of God. How do I mature in the love of God? By believing it. By believing it by saying, God loves me. So, so back to my illustration yesterday, remember the lady who wouldn't ride on the highway until I said, hey, so-and-so, you know God wouldn't do anything bad to the preacher. We'll be fine. He spent some money, that was crazy. Well, you know, I was hungry, okay? I just wanted to go. Um, there's a real truth to that, because God loves me. And if I really trust that, why am I so insecure about life? Why am I so insecure? Why do I fear? God loves me. Well, Pastor Monty, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Fine, what if? Who cares? God loves me. God lives in me. God loves me. And I believe both those things. But there's something else very quickly as we finish up. We also have God's equipping. And I'm to believe that God has equipped me for life. Look at the end of that, that verse, back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. Look what the end says. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you know where fear dwells? Fear dwells in your mind. 
the things you think about, the things you ruminate upon. That's where fear dwells. It originates in our mind, and then when fear takes over, it shapes the thoughts of our mind. I'm going to put it this way. For the Christian, fear hijacks the mind. It, it takes over. But what does the Bible say? We're given a sound mind. The idea of a sound mind means that a, a mentality that is under self-control. God has given you control of your thinking. And by the way, that's the grand assumption of the whole Bible. Philippians 4 verse 8, whatsoever things are true, blah, 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 blah. Then Paul says, think on these things. Pastor Monty, I can't help the way that I think. Oh, really? Then are you saying the Bible's not true in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, where the Bible says we are to bring into captivity every thought that exalts itself against a knowledge of God? Here, here's the problem with our thinking. We kick God out of the equation. You, you want to know why you get fearful? You kick God out of the equation. You forget who you are. You forget that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You forget about the love of God who would never cause anything to come into your life that will destroy you. And you forget about the fact that you can control your thoughts and direct them to God. I urge you to keep God well within the equation. What does fear do? Fear is a liar. Faith is the truth. Fear believes in the bad. Faith believes in the good. Fear distracts us with the what if of life. Faith focuses on Christ. Fear is a liar. Faith is the truth. Fear locks us down. Locks us down. People who are fearful have very limited lives. They're on lockdown. Fear locks us down. Faith sets us free. Fear confines our lives. Faith expands our lives. You're sitting in an institution that is here because a man and his wife, Dr. Arlen Horton, Believed God. Believe God. Faith expands our lives. Fear says, you can't. Faith says, God can. I'm going to close with a little verse I've thought of many, many times. Not a Bible verse, but a little, little verse I've thought of. I could not see one step ahead. I might as well be blind, I said. But faith said, Walk along with me. I'll lead you so you won't have to see. I took faith's hand. It was no fraud, for faith was holding the hand of God. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.